showcase of the Mondays here. There you go. Thank yeah. you all so much Let's for tuning go. in. Yeah, we've been seeing already. Yeah, so the, yeah. <laughs> we, there's a lot You'll going on out. in our office today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig as normal, but we are excited to welcome back for her second appearance on our show, a very <laughs> special guest. First time in our office, though, um, and a, a woman of many titles, Arizona Coyotes ambassador, radio analyst, Kachina's president, and U.S. Olympian, Lindsay Fry. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Thanks for guys. joining us. <laughs> Sorry for being a little it's late. All good. <laughs> yeah. What is it, my chai latte? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I got the well, ingredients we, wrong. This really, I'm really in, sorry. Okay, it's nearing into Craig and I's bedtime. Like we like the 11 o'clock hour. It's like late in the afternoon for us. This three o'clock show, like let's go. Yeah, <laughs> late. Missed nap time. I know I did Seriously. too. Sorry. Oh my gosh, we're old. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about with you. Obviously, the rivalry series. We want to talk Kachina's women's hockey. Um, but before we get into all that, obviously you're. You're a radio analyst for the Coyotes, and this is a Coyotes show, so we kind of want to get your thoughts right off the hop on your thoughts on the Coyotes so far this season. I I think they've been great. I, I think they've really been delivering on the expectations as far as what you know GM Bill Armstrong and Coach Turney were saying at the beginning. It's it's all about playing in those meaningful games. You're going to have those flashes where you're like when they played against the Blackhawks, right? Eight one yeah. victory. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's going to be flashes where you're thinking to yourself, huh? Maybe this team's really got something. And then there's going to be games where they can't hang on to a lead and See sort of that. that that youth and maybe that inexperience in those situations starts to, to kind of shine through. So I think they're right where they need to be right now. I think, you know, you look at some of the, the pieces that were added this year, the Sean Derzies, the Matt Dumbas, I think they are doing their jobs extremely well, kind of filling their role. Um, I think you look at Logan Cooley, obviously there's a, a lot of eyes on him and <laughs> He's got a lot of expectations of himself as well. I think he's starting to really come into his own. I think his last couple games have been his best so far this season, Um, not just with the puck, but off the puck, the way he's playing as a true NHL centerman. Um, So overall, it's been a lot of fun to watch. They're they're a high-energy group, and um, I think they just need to continue that maturity, learn how to hang on to those leads, uh, play in those tight moments, and we'll see where the season goes. You talked about expectations for Cooley. Now let's talk about expectation for this team. You've seen it, and we hate to talk about the P word here, <laughs> but are playoffs a real ex- realistic expectation for this team? I, It's, it's a really tough question. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they develop and mature over the, probably the next 10 to 20 games. Um, that's something Coach Andre Turney talked about a lot. Uh, after they were able to to pull out a win last week, you know, hold on to that lead against Montreal when they weren't able to do that mm-hmm. against the Ducks, against the Kings the week before. Um, for me, that's that's really the question mark is they're going to be in tight games pretty much every single night. We know that we know to expect that from this team and with the mm-hmm. talent they have. It's whether or not they can take it to the next level and really learn how to win and be able to do that consistently night after night. I'm not sure if we've really seen that yet. We've seen flashes of it. I think we got to see that consistency before we can really make a, a, a have a true opinion on what the, the P word. As yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've we've and we've talked a lot about this. How wide open the Western Conference is. I don't. I mean, with the exception of the San Jose Sharks, oh, I boy. say that everybody's in it right now. Yeah. So, and you don't know past those top few teams who's gonna who's gonna be in that next group yeah. or even the wild cards at this point. So. It will be interesting to watch, but a lot else has been going on. And one of the photo that I used to promote this show today is you taping your stick. I wanted to talk to you about the Travis Dermott 
decision recently to defy the NHL's ban on the use of pry tape. A move that many people told me probably pushed this over the finish line and got the league to reverse, to do an about face on what was a terrible decision in the first place. Let's let's just be honest. What would you say? First off, what do you make of Travis Dermott's decision? What, what was your reaction to all of that? And then I'll ask my follow-up questions. I thought it was awesome. I, yeah. I thought what was so powerful about it is it wasn't on a pride night. It wasn't a, a big-name player. It was a guy who genuinely feels that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I had the chance to, to talk to him quite a bit. And he's like, look, I've, I've got friends. I've got family members that this really hits home for. I've got people that I know who are still in the closet because they don't feel comfortable coming out. So if uh, him showing that, that little strip of support was enormous and i think if i had to guess i bet the league was gearing up for that first pride night which of course happened to be ours and mentally preparing for okay what are all the what ifs on that night what what are we going to do if x y and z happens i don't think that they were necessarily expecting a singular player to come out and do something so subtle on just a, a random night game Um, so I think that really kind of sent the message that, Hey, this isn't about pride night, pride tape, but this is about like 365 days out of the year. We have players in this league who want to support the LGBTQ community. And, um, I just give Travis Mm. so many props because that could have gone a different direction for him. And he, he knew that and he stood by what he believed. Mm. What do you, what would you say to critics, Lindsay, who don't want civil rights issues invading their sports? Yeah, I just think it's it's we're so past that as a society, like anybody who has a platform to say anything. And I don't care who you are, whether it's whether it's sports, whether it's in, you know, actors and actresses, whether it's social media influencers, if people have a voice, they as individuals want to be able to use it. Now, I think what the NHL tried to do was maybe rein some of that in and sort of take control back. And in some regards, they did. I think the Jersey thing, I, I, this is not, you know, a very popular opinion with my friend group, but I can live with the Jersey thing because at the end of the day, people that did not want to wear it were literally being prevented from participating in warmups. Now that's impacting their, their ability to do their job. So that I'm like, okay, fine. It was the individual expression that I I really struggled with. How do you strip that away from Mm. any person? Um, so, you know, I, I, yes, there are always, always, always going to be the people who have that opinion. That's fine. That's their opinion. But at the end of the day, these athletes, they are people, they have their own individual opinion. And just because what they do in their day-to-day at work is broadcasted to hundreds of thousands of people, I just I don't think that should stop them from doing it. Mm. It's like my my wife used a great example when she first started working at the VA hospital. Um, she really didn't know what the landscape was, and her boss one day wore a, a pride lanyard. So subtle, but like just enough for my wife to feel like, oh, I'm I'm comfortable and I can talk to this person. Mm. So. I, why can't you have that in the workplace? I think yeah. you can. Okay. Flip side. Wh- what do you say to supporters who want more? They want to see more because we saw what happened on pride night. It was, it was pretty subtle that night, right? There were a couple players that wore the jerseys in. Nobody had tape that night. I, I, there, there were clearly, there were things like when we talk about the anthem and other things going on around the arena, but I think some people wanted more. Yeah, I would have liked to see more. No question about it. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've talked to some people internally about that. Um, 
I, I think it's just a, it's an interesting space right now. I think everybody's trying to figure out yeah. what to do. Um, and when I say everyone, that means the players, the coaches, the leadership, the employees, you know, I think I had a lot of people coming up to me who I work with who kind of were in that same boat. Like, how can we, how can we do more within the realms that we control? And, you know, for me, that's, that's really what it's about. Like whoever is, is at the top of any organization is going to have to try to manage what, what the, the head honchos, you know, the, the NHLs of the world are thinking the perception we're trying to get an arena. Like there's so many things that go into all of that. It's easy for me to sit here and say, well, we should have done this, 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 Mm. this, and this that's, I'm not in that seat. Um, what I took away from it though, and what I've always felt about our organization and the people that I work with are the people that come up to me and say, what can I do? How can I support you? How can I show you that I love you and want to be here for you? That that's the stuff that the media doesn't see. And, um, I just feel like it's important as someone on the inside to, to share that, but we're going to see more of it. Other teams are going to have their pride nights. We're going to see this, I think kind of stabilize again i think it was a lot of pressure after travis and then being the first pride night of the league i I think everybody was just kind of like what (laughs) what do we do here yeah so i'm I'm empathetic to that Hmm. all right let's move on to talking about the kachinas um because in 2019 there were two girls quasi travel teams (laughs) in arizona quasi because you refer to it as that the travel team might be a stretch to describe what they were at that point (laughs) what what it was then and what it is now go ahead very different yeah yeah now there's 16 teams and competing for national championships so how did we get from point a to point b how did we get here Oh gosh, how long is this show? I mean, exactly. <laughs> we're definitely going to go over when your bedtime. When doesn't talk, it's usually shorter. So. Okay, yeah. got it. All right, we'll just. Well, I'm interested. Let, yeah, yeah. I want to see how we get there because I was there when this was through different machinations of what the Kachinas turned out to finally be, yeah. and the the skill level and age ranges of people on the same ice at the same time was was frightening because they just weren't enough participants to put together full teams, and I think that's where it started. Is you just didn't have enough kids participating. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So when when Matt Schott and I started this, um, we got to always give our, our shout out to Maddie. Yeah. When when Matt and I started this, we we really wanted to be strategic about it. Um, we looked at sort of the landscape at the time and there were the two travel teams and, um, you know, they were they were hybrid teams. They had 10 year olds playing with, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds and same thing with the older group. Um, there were actually two house teams at the time that were playing out of um, Scottsdale. And so we were looking at it and we're like, there are other girls. We were, you know, at the time we were looking at like Greg Power's daughter, Isabel, mm-hmm. who's an elite, elite player who doesn't play in state, but she's she's crushing it um, over in Pittsburgh. And, you know, some of these other John Slaney's daughter mm-hmm. we were like, man, there are some good girls, but why? What is preventing them from playing girls hockey? So we took sort of a, a two-fold approach. It was one, what what is not there currently now from an infrastructure standpoint to keep the girls that are playing but are playing boys or are leaving the state? Like what, what do we need to change about what currently exists to keep those that are already here? So that was sort of the, the top of the pyramid and the retention strategy. The mm-hmm. other side of it was the growth side. How mm-hmm. do we get more girls playing hockey so we can actually have a sustainable pipeline? Because in the past, we really were, we, as in the state of Arizona, were depending on the predominantly boys programs to produce our girls mm-hmm. players. Well, the incentive isn't there. The motivation isn't isn't there. Not to say that people haven't done great things, 
but like they're they're not worried about mm-hmm. how are we going to specifically grow girls hockey. So we were very fortunate at the time in 2017. Um, the league was just you know getting their feet under them with the industry growth fund, which is a, a joint fund between the NHL and the NHLPA specifically for growth initiatives. And Matt applied to launch our small fries program, brought me on board to to build it and run it with him. And um, that was really the the beginning of that base of the pyramid. That was how we were going to get girls who maybe tried our learn to play program, but were intimidated by the boys, Mm -hmm. maybe didn't know if they wanted to keep playing. This was where we were going to put them in an all girls environment Mm -hmm. with all female coaching and really get them comfortable, not only socially, but also with their skills on the ice so that they could get ready um, to go into a team. So year one, when we actually like pulled the trigger, launched uh, Kachinas, we had, I think it was nine teams total. Uh, we had four development teams and five travel teams. We call them elite teams. Um, and we had our challenges, no no doubt. I mean, at that time, uh, Coyotes Community Ice Center in Mesa, where mm-hmm. we play now, didn't exist. So we were like begging for any ice time mm-hmm. we could get, which had historically been the case for girls hockey and really any new group like Alpha's going through it right now. Yeah. There are a lot of other newer groups going through it. It's part of the part of the evolution. So we uh, we would cram for skill sessions. We would cram sometimes like four teams on the ice and just try to make it work. Wow. And I'm not talking like might teams. Yeah. I'm talking like 19 U's. Um, we had practices at, you know, 6.30 a.m. at Oceanside. Those were mm. fun. And, um, and, and, you know, we made it work. So that was, that was year one. Um, we actually built off the model that the She-Wolves, which was the, the house teams out of Scottsdale had. That's how we built the model for our development program is we took that exact same thing. We said, look, let us, it's a win-win for you as the rink. Mm-hmm. You get to support girls hockey. Just hold like 16 spaces in your house league at each level and we'll plug in a girls team. You'll get, you know, financially, you'll get the same reward, same everything, and we'll take care of it all. And that's worked out really well. And our goal year one eventually was to be with our development program. That base of the pyramid was to be at all four rinks in the Valley that have house leagues. Mm -hmm. Last year we met that goal. Um, So we have girls playing in house leagues at uh, AZ Ice, uh, Peoria, AZ Ice Gilbert, and then Ice Den Chandler and Ice Den Scottsdale. So, um, yeah, it's really just been a, a process of chipping away. It's amazing how I look back five years ago and, you know, we had our, our list of all the things we wanted to accomplish. And at that time, like some of those things play in the national championship mm-hmm. game by year three. <laughs> That's one of those things you write yeah, on a vision statement and you're like, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> this is yeah. something we'll maybe work toward. Yeah. And the girls freaking did it. Uh, wow. become tier one. By year four, I did not expect that to happen. Mm. It was Maddie's like dying wish, yep. and and we got it. So um, it's been pretty remarkable to see all the the checkpoints mm. along the way, and and we're still going. Like just as an example, one of the things we added this year was uh, she hates being called by her real name, but Kaylee Marino. Most people know her in the valley as Gibber. She uh, <laughs> she's someone that I grew up playing with here locally um she's now our college recruitment advisor and our mental performance coach like find me another youth program that has that that has a dedicated person for those things so 
um, we're building brick by brick. And if anything, we're, we're running out of ice like everybody else in yeah, the Valley. And we'll that that's, <laughs> that's going to be the only thing that, that slows this train down, but it's been, it's been really rewarding. How old were you when you left the Valley to continue your hockey career? Like how old were you at left? And knowing the way the program is run now, would that future have looked different for you as a child? Yeah, good question. So I, um, I left, I think, when I was about 13, and I did a hybrid. I was going back and forth to Colorado. So my first year, I actually played uh, girls hockey in Colorado. I was also playing on my boys' bantam team here. Here. And that was heartbreaking because I was the captain of my team. We were tier two, and, and I had to choose. Uh, mm. So if you're double rostered on a boys' and a girls' tier team, you have to choose which one you're going to compete at districts and nationals mm -hmm. mm. and i just remember sitting in the ice den watching my boys team mm. lose the state championship and oh, no. oh as captain it just ate me up inside but you know they understood they they knew that the girls side was going to have more potential for me but um yeah so I, as far as you know how it would look now it's it's tough to say i you know your perspective when you're a kid is always so different like i i look back to my colorado team we were always the underdog. I mean, we were one of the few teams. It was like us, Lady Ducks, and uh, LA Select. That was like it out west as far as like mm -hmm. true tier one teams. And I I loved being on that team that nobody expected to win. We'd go back east and, and you know, there were a few of us that were D1 caliber, caliber players. And um, it, was, it was so fun. So I... I imagine that's kind of where we're at right now. Again, perception of a 15-year-old to mm -hmm. a 31 here, <laughs> 31 now, um, is is different. But yeah, I, I think we have something that really allows girls who want to compete at a high level to develop right here in Arizona. It's fantastic. And yeah. you also had the Kachina name before the Coyotes went back to it full time. So you were mm -hmm. kind of the leaders. That was that they was, were following you. We we felt that I was gonna be heard. the case. We wanted to make sure we exactly. beat uh, some some of the, the, the co ed programs to that. So <laughs> to that logo. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got the Kachinas, we've got ASU's ACHA team. GCU launched a team. U of A is launching a team. You and I talked about this. Um, I want to get into this idea of an alliance of working toward the same goal and how you accomplish that. Um, so let, let's start there, how that all came about. You mentioned some of this earlier, but. Sure. So, you know, I think one of the things that we, we started to realize, and when I say we, I mean, you know, myself and the, the uh, AHA, which is our mm -hmm. USA hockey governing body here, um, as well as the college programs was that, hey, we we're, we we really all want the same thing. Like we want, as the Kachinas, we want girls hockey to grow, but we also want women's collegiate hockey to grow here. It gives something, it gives the girls an opportunity to see what that next step is like. They get to experience college tours right here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. They get to go watch college hockey games. Um, they have people to look up to, all those things. Um, and it just gives them more opportunity right here at home that I I didn't have growing up. Right. Um, I think the first college hockey game I saw was when I was like 16. So I just had no idea. Um, and then on the flip side, like they want, they want a local recruiting pipeline. Mm. Um, they want to be able to come and see when we host tournaments, oh, yeah. when we host league weekends, they want to be connected to be able to come and, and scout and see not just Kachina's players, but players from all over the country. And, you know, we, <laughs> I think I told Craig this jokingly, but 
you know, the, the women's hockey world is small. It's, it's fairly microscopic here in the desert. And, um, you know, there were some, some moments where, uh, maybe some personalities didn't always mesh. And we finally decided like, we, we cannot fall into the trap of women getting in their own way. We have to find a way to just get over whatever the, the personality differences are, whatever the, the competing interests are. And we have to work together because otherwise, what are we doing here? And that's when, uh, we created the Arizona female hockey Alliance, which now serves as the, uh, girls and women's committee for AHA and really anything, you know, that's driven by the state driven by USA hockey goes through us and we work through different ways that one, we can help grow girls and women's hockey in the desert, but also figure out how we can, can leverage each other and lift each other up. So whether that's, you know, we do, um, Kachina nights at the Mm -hmm. college programs, we offer them, come out, recruit, Hey, come do a college visit. Um, our girls get to go do college tours. It's just, it's a really cool synergy. Mm. And at the end of the day, like that's, that's always what Matt and I wanted to build. We wanted to build an ecosystem. We didn't want just the one-off team here and there when we had enough girls, we wanted it to be when you are five years old, you come in, you play girls, you play Kachinas. And when you're done, guess what? You can go to college here. When you're done with that, guess what? You can play in the Kachinas women's hockey league. It is a great freaking time (laughs) and it's just been uh it's been really cool to see it all kind of come together are you satisfied with the collegiate options now would you like to see more and is is there the possibility of more like when nobody saw asu men's program going d1 a few years back and suddenly here it is yeah i mean i would love nothing more than to see one of the arizona teams eventually go ncaa whether Mm -hmm. that's d1 or d3 um yeah time will tell I, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the men's team went D1. Th- that took a lot of, a lot of money. <laughs> there's, also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's also a lot of uh, men's programs that are closer, like DU, for example, Denver doesn't have a women's D1 program. Right. The closest you're getting is like Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Oh Minnesota is probably the closest D1 program. Mm. So um, there are, you know, different costs and challenges with that. But I think, um, it'd be awesome to see them eventually go NCAA. A lot of our girls strive for that, and it's not at all a knock on ACHA. I tell people all the time, top ACHA programs can beat lower-level uh, NCAA programs, and uh, high-level D3 NCAA programs can probably beat high- or lower-level D1 NCAA programs. It's yeah. just it's just the way the spectrum rolls. And um, yeah, but it's it's been cool to see. We've had a lot of girls commit to uh to u of a we've had plenty go to gcu we've had some go to asu but we've also had a lot of girls who are now thriving playing d3 elsewhere and uh we actually just had our first girl commit d1 uh she ended up opting to leave and go play in canada this year but you know for us we look at it as a huge win because where was she playing the last Mm -hmm. several years during her where she development recruiting it's a new school and i gotta be honest i can't remember the name of it um but it was, yeah, it was just announced. Petey, it's not Harvard. It's, I'll, I'll it's, tell you that. It's not Harvard. <laughs> you two bougie but guys I, at that I, end of the team. I got a lot of... Craig went to prep school, too, so he's yeah. pretty bougie, too. Well, that's very bougie. <laughs> that is very bougie. Yeah, we have a lot of girls that aspire to go to Harvard, which I'm very proud that's of. That's very nice. Hopefully, one of, them, the hopefully one of them gets there. 
Yeah. yeah, but it's just great that they have options. And yeah. totally. they, I always tell kids, boys, girls, just play as long as you can keep playing. Like Absolutely. it doesn't matter where or what D one ACH, just play. Yep. If you want to play the, this is a great sport. Just play. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're playing adult leagues or just just go play. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so happy that kids have an opportunity to play here in Arizona, and and that I love to see the ACHE uh, ACHA get more teams involved here. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. for Yeah. I was really excited to see U of A get a women's mm-hmm. team because yeah. I, I went there. So it's just cool to see the growth. Um, okay. Well, we still have so much to get into. We're going to talk about the rivalry series and probably a little bit about your time as an Olympian as well. So it's tons more to get to. Um, but before all of that, I'm excited because we have a new partner. We do. Um, and it's Desert Financial Credit Union. This one's exciting because for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union. Um, They also have personalized cards you can get, ASU ones and Cardinals ones. Yeah, so you can get a personalized debit card for that. Um, You can look to Desert Financial for checking and savings account, mortgage, loans, credit cards, investment options, everything you you know need from a bank. So right now, when you open a free checking account online, you can get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Um, Okay, we have the answer. From Sam, Keeley Calendar, okay. St. Michael's College in is. Vermont. Yeah, Sam Brennan, always just coming in hot, <laughs> saving the day. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Sam. <laughs> awesome. Vermont's a good spot. Too, yeah. So. All right. Yeah, and you know the other thing too, since we're talking about getting older and playing adult hockey, the other thing when you play adult hockey, you should check out Hero Bread because <laughs> it is low net carbs, zero sugar. And it keeps your cholesterol down because we know I have cholesterol problems. <laughs> yeah. So I am all about the hero bread with seeds. Now, I, seeds might not be for everybody because there's pumpkin seeds and they're there's pretty damn big seeds. Though. So there are other options that are seedless that are fantastic. But if you want to lower your total net carbs, check out hero bread. And here's Leah with more. <laughs> right now, <laughs> I don't even know. Right now, Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first gonna order. You're going to say you're yeah, also, Jacob's laughing since making me laugh. Um, I can't see Jacob. Uh, Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10%. And today. you will not believe like it, how similar this tastes they have to tortillas traditional bread. Too, so tortillas, good. I made the enchiladas with their tortillas. They're so low good. net carbs tortillas. Actually, they are zero net carbs on those. So yeah. loved them. All Fantastic. Right. <laughs> Great option. Keep those sugars down and the net carbs. <laughs> Keep those sugars down. Just saying. <laughs> oh my god. Last thing gosh. I need is more sugar. Yeah. All right. We were talking about some of the challenges you face with further growth. And this is a familiar refrain for Arizona hockey at, at all levels. The availability of ice. And <laughs> it's hitting you, I uh, would imagine, a lot harder than some others because you have the one sheet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely limiting us with what we can do on the travel side of things. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, we, it's amazing. That one sheet, you'd be shocked how many different user groups are are huh. scrapping for ice there. We we obviously are, are fortunate to be able to, to use most of it, but, you know, uh, junior Sun Devils rent some ice. There are alphas in there. They have an adult league. Um, the Bucks are in there, and it's mm. it's it's kind of a, a grind. But um, the the nice thing for us is the way that our house league format is structured. We do still have some room for for growth there, um, as long as you know the partnerships with the rinks continue to be strong, which I have no reason to think they won't be. So right now we have. Um, at at Iceton Scottsdale, we've got three teams. Uh, they play in the the Might Squirt Pee Wee divisions. 
Um, we've got a mite in the squirt team at Chandler. And then we've got mite teams at Peoria and Gilbert. So, you know, moving forward, it's, okay, how do we get a squirt team in mm -hmm. Gilbert yeah. and in uh, and in Peoria? Um, I have a lot of people that would love a Chandler Peewee team, but we've got two 12U teams and a 14U team. Um, well, we have three 14U teams on the travel That's side. Incredible so it's, a, there's it's, that many kids it's trying to not, you know, you have to be careful to find that mix of, of creating the right opportunities for the kids without cannibalizing yeah. different opportunities. So it's, it's, you know, it's a strategic game and I love that I get to use my, uh, my, my MBA to yeah. figure out girls hockey. It's great. <laughs> how much, and I know USA hockey isn't going to build the arenas, obviously somebody yeah. else has to fund that, but how much are you talking with them there? It seems like they're well aware. I think when I did the story, maybe three years ago, Arizona has the highest per capita use of ice, most amount of kids per sheet of any state in the country, which tells you how badly we need more, we need more yeah. sheets. And you'll hear that from not just the, the girls' programs, travel programs, oh, adult programs, learn to skate yeah. programs. Uh, everybody's just, they want ice. So do like, you talk to USA Hockey, I mean, about this problem? Are they, are they offering any potential solutions? I mean, it's, it's always about money, obviously. And Yeah, I think the hard thing about us is, um, you know, all of our rinks here are, are privately owned. Yeah. I think I think where some of the other states are, yeah. are fortunate, and and I'm not talking about the Minnesotas. I'm talking about like New Mexico. I mean, the the rink in Rio Rancho, I'm pretty sure is Parks and Rec. The rink in wow. Santa Fe mm. is Parks and Rec. Wow. They have the private rink that's in Albuquerque, um, where the their junior team plays out of. But I mean, for us, it is it is all privately owned. And I think that makes it a little tough because yeah. you're not going to have the city of Chandler suddenly popping Put up a, a new facility. Um, so mm. it's, it's really about who wants to come in and run it. And one of the things that I've talked to some of these up and coming user groups about when they're like, well, we're all fighting for ice. So clearly there's enough for another rink. And I'm like, well, yes, but think about that. So realistically right now you get two hours of ice how many are you actually going to buy? Go. Well, we'd buy four a week if we could. I'm like, okay, well, so you're taking four a week. Somebody else is maybe adding another four. Like that doesn't fill a new building. So there is, there is that sensitivity with building another sheet. I hope one day this is, I know nothing about this. This is truly just my personal opinion. I'd love to see Chandler eventually buy that plot of land the or city. part of it that has been sitting there since I was six years old and mm, build a third right. sheet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see it. It's is, funny yeah. though, cause you talk about these other municipalities and I'm from Minnesota. So I know the city, I, I, I don't know if you knew that, but, that's from Minnesota, <laughs> but the city's on their the city's on the rinks, the municipalities, yeah. the high school has their own rink. And one of the things that does is it brings costs down mm -hmm. and the cost for ice here is outrageous because they're money-making facilities. And yeah. and I think people always ask me, why is it so expensive? And if the cities own the rinks and you're just trying to break even, it, it makes the ice much more affordable. And and unfortunately, that's not going to ever happen here. I no, just don't and it's, see it. And it's hard because it's, you know, unlike a Minnesota, think about the, electric, the electricity yeah. costs here yeah. to, to operate Ugh. these things. Like it's, if I'm a city... And I'm looking at the books. Am I going to build an ice rink or am I going to build a hundred pickleball courts right. that probably more people, more of my constituents yes. are going to use? So, I, you know, it's it's not going to happen. One of those rinks in uh, New Mexico almost closed after COVID because they were like, mm, we're not, we're operating. not, yeah, we're, yeah. we could use 
this space for something else. Fortunately, that didn't happen, which yeah. is, is great. But um, yeah, it's it's a battle and ice costs are real. Um, this summer was absolutely brutal, as yeah. we all know. And ice was uh, ice was a little sloshy around the rinks. <laughs> I'll bet. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned how much rinks need. I was looking it up in the story that I wrote. It's 30 hours per week to remain viable per sheet. So that's oh, yeah. what you're talking about, sales. But then I look at a place like Tucson that has no permanent ice sheets. We keep hearing about Coming, it's coming. Triple it's coming. A sheets at Kino. It's coming. it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. They, they have, those poor kids are commuting where? To to Mesa, to Chandler, to Gilbert, yeah. to play hockey. It's insane. Or you have someone coming from Yuma, right? We, we do. What? We've got yes. Emma P coming from Yuma. She's, a, she's yeah. Oh my she's, God. She's a, yeah. historically a roller hockey yeah. player because they do have roller hockey down in Yuma. Um, but yeah, she, she commutes. Craig and I wouldn't go across town to it. Would we, Craig? <laughs> No, we no. used to. I used to, but yeah, not now. Are there players no, from Tucson yeah, coming up? Yeah, we got. We have several players from Tucson. We got several players from Flagstaff. Um, we used to have one from, uh, I think Prescott. Um, it's yeah. crazy, but it's it's amazing what these families will do for yeah, something that their their daughter loves. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think about it. My parents put me on a plane twice a month yeah. to go play in Colorado or wherever our team is playing. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, we, we're trying to figure out ways eventually. Like I'd love someday if that Tucson rink gets built to yes. create some sort of oh. satellite oh, Kachina's yeah. option. Fantastic. Um, but we're, you know, that's, think, that's in the 10 year plan. But I think that what that does too, is you get more in the West, you get more in Vegas, more in LA, and now you're not flying to Detroit and Pittsburgh and New York. Yep. Now your costs are coming down. And I always, I don't want to bring it all about cost, but it is something. If you have a Tucson that's competitive and you, it just adds more games locally and you can drive to games instead of getting on a plane all the time. So mm -hmm. I'm, that has been a huge the the improvement better. this year. Like we are playing more in state games than ever before. We put some of our younger teams back in the local co-ed league, which didn't make sense a few years ago. Now it makes sense because mm. our talent has, has gotten better. I, I get out there occasionally, yeah. Petey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played with the alumni a few weeks ago. Did you? I we guess. have to put you in goal again. No, hell no. That was last no. time. Petey pulled Never his groin last time. He Never put doing on the it pads. Again. Like, yeah, I know. Like, what, shot three against Clayton? Yeah, yeah. hurt my groin and you were out? Yeah. But but yeah. you get on with the kids all the time. Yeah. I try, yeah. Like your I'm, feet. I'm, I, officially, no. I am uh, an assistant coach for our wow. uh, Chandler 8U team. Yeah. Are you a yellow screamer? I see you being a yellow screamer. No, Only I'm positive kidding. yeller screamer. I, know. I, I am very vocal and I usually repeat myself two or three times with everything That's that I coach. say. But I um yeah, Drive it's the all positive. Home. All positive. Fantastic. If I get quiet. That's, then you're concerned. That's that's when you know well, I'm gonna go watch. Going <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in mind. I know. Yeah. Future. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. If I'm just God. real quiet just with you, Craig. At me like, mm, mm. <laughs> all right. Let's switch over to the rivalry series, which will be here on Wednesday at 7:30. U.S. and Canada at Mullet Arena. As a former Olympian, what does the Valley's inclusion in this tournament mean to you? It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, first let's talk about what it actually is for sure. people that maybe don't know. So the rivalry series did not exist when I was playing. Um, the way that the national teams work is you've got your world championships for all the non-Olympic years. And then, of course, that four-year cycle, you get the Olympics. Um Previously, it was you would play a, a series of games like this, but just in that Olympic year, just leading up to the Olympics. Otherwise, it was, you know, you're waiting for kind of the one off tournament or event to be able to play against Team Canada. Um, now, with the rivalry series, it, it, it not only creates an opportunity for the players to get to be able to get into that mindset, put their jerseys on, play against 
you know, the best competition in the world, feel that rivalry, get comfortable with it before you take a 20 year old who's literally never played on the senior national team and just throw them in a game against team Canada. This is a, an opportunity to mm-hmm. really test out what you've got and allow people to get comfortable with it. Um, but more importantly for, for us, it creates that exposure. It creates the opportunity for the girls who aren't going to be able to go to Utica, New York this year to watch the world mm-hmm. championships or ever get to go watch an Olympics in person. Yeah. They get to see it in their backyard. I think it's so cool that, you know, they've gone to Seattle, they've gone to LA, they've gone to Anaheim, they've gone to Vegas. Like now they're here. Um, those are intentional decisions by USA hockey to figure out how can we leverage this to help grow the game and get people excited about women's hockey. And, and more to that point, um, we talked about it being aspirational, right? You watched Shane Doan. That was your role model when you were growing up. He's all right. He, yeah, he's, he's, all right. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a decent role model. Yeah. But these girls have women to look up to now, mm-hmm. right? This, that's for me, that's the impact of this event. It's huge. And that's what I've really been trying to communicate with our our families who know it's a lot. It's it's one more thing you got to go to. It's one more, you know, night away from your family, whatever. But I'm like, look, guys, this this could be the closest your daughter ever comes to watching an Olympic gold medal game. Mm -hmm. That is that is essentially mm-hmm. what this is, because I can promise you the compete level is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the interesting things about the fact that they sort of plug different players in every time you're fighting for your spot on this team to try to make it to Utica this year and play on the world championship team. Every single time those women are out there, it is like absolutely scratching and clawing, trying to not only be on the team, but also trying to beat team Canada mm. and, you know, get those, those bragging rights, get that momentum going into world. So you're never going to see better women's hockey. Um, I, I think it's really cool and significant too. Sometimes I think we've almost conditioned our families too much to expect this kind of stuff. <laughs> like we've, we had a girl once, she's like a, one of our 12 U players and we had uh Shelly Picard, Megan Bozak, two, two women that I played on the Olympic team with here last year. And I guess her mom was like, yeah, we, we've got, you know, so-and-so coming and her daughter's like, well, yeah, mom, we have Olympians come every year. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, which no on deal. one hand you're like yeah, no that's deal, kind of awesome that these <laughs> yeah. arizona kids feel that way because we've yeah. brought we've brought the pwhpa here yeah. we had the mm-hmm. phf championships here last year we've brought olympians in we brought we're this is coming this year so uh i but i i don't i don't want anyone to question or not fully understand how big of yeah. a deal this is well it, i have two things because one when you were playing it was canada us i mean that yeah. really was it now they're starting to be parity in women's hockey worldwide yeah. you're starting to see some players coming from all over the world which is great my question is these games are going to be highly contested like you said the, the, the emotion when anytime it's usa and canada i don't care if it's pickup hockey yeah. it's usa versus canada people are you're playing like it's for real when the game is over, like you, a lot of you play on the same university teams. A lot yeah. of you have played with each other for 10, 15 years. You, like you're friendly. Is the relationship off the ice different than it is on the ice with, with these young ladies? Yeah, you're you're always going to have some that you have good relationships with off the ice. There's going to be some so that you, you still can't stand. Yeah. Like I had a few who, <laughs> when I was playing at Harvard, our rival was Cornell. And a bunch of those women were on the Canadian national really? team. Oh, and some of them, I just like... 
absolutely That's unreal. hated. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of them you you do develop really yeah. good friendships with because you either played in college with them yeah. or like I mean they're go back to our pride conversation earlier yeah two of them are, are married now there are a few that have a canadian been. and american oh yeah to each other oh Can't yeah, do that. yeah. We have, julie we gotta... chu carolyn Ouellette, two of like the most legendary <laughs> yeah. names wow. in the game they've got two kids they've actually come down to arizona a couple times and have skated with us but yeah it's uh See, we, we it's kind of wild we've got like we're dominating we have three americans and a canadian here so clearly craig and i are going to the game you're going to be at the game on wednesday yeah we, clearly i'm a lot of people in our chat are going i to. am going i'm sorry I, I know we're not supposed to cheer from the press box but i will be rooting for the red white and blue <laughs> well, we're you for, have let's per- go you have my permission Roaring Fork go. said the ring's going to be 50 50 on wednesday USA yeah that could Canada. be there's a lot of canadians here because the weather in the united states is better so they come here <laughs> Yep. If you put it up in Canada, they're not going to be half Americans. Why the hell would we go? Could turn them away at the door. Why would we go? Just a suggestion. Gosh, they're here in America. Oh my god! Just but, saying. But Christina said we're taking our six-year-old daughter on Wednesday. Oh, Christina's yeah. Christina so and Joel. Really cool. Yeah. Delilah. Delilah's going. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Delilah's amazing. Yeah. That's great. It's, Have think, fun, yeah, Delilah. It's just Say cool. hi. It's just cool There's to Christina see right those role Like I don't know. You just even for me growing up in Canada, like I just don't even remember ever like having that access to watch. I think it's going like to be great. This. And I, I, we're, are we going to put the link somewhere? I put the link in the chat already. Well, see, I don't follow the chat, Leah. <laughs> we know. What are you link doing? Link for tickets, link for tickets in the chat. He Definitely. If you get a chance to go, go. Plus, you get a chance to go check out the mullet. If you haven't yeah. been to the mullet too, that's getting to see any games in the mullet's exciting. So. And I, can I add one more thing yes. to this game? Because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like. We'll take our daughters. We'll take our sisters. We'll take yeah. our moms. Bring your boys. Bring your boys. Yes. Bring your boys. And and if you are a hockey fan, if you're an NHL fan, collegiate yes. fan, I don't care. This is an opportunity to really understand what the best of the best for women's hockey looks like. I promise you, it'll be faster than you expect. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it'll be more physical than yep. you expect. There, It's not unheard of that a fight breaks out between these two yep. teams. <laughs> Not that I'm a proponent of that, yeah. but it does tend to happen. Have you ever like, been in one? It, I, no, Craig, I am a yeah. lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I stand on the bench and watch, you know, at that time, the Lamaru twins just get after Lamar- it. But uh, North Dakota background there, the yeah. Lamaru girls. So, but I, I just, I, I want to really sweet. encourage people to, to come watch because it's going to change the way you view women's hockey if you've never seen it in yep. person before. For me, it's, it's socializing boys too. Get yep. used to seeing women competing. Get used to them going at it. Just normalize it. Yeah. Enough of this. Anyway, I won't get on my soapbox. I want to get back to your time as an Olympian. Um, do you have some favorite memories, anecdotes from from your time as an Olympian? Anything that jumps out? Obviously, Where were you? Where medals. were the Olympics the year you went? Sochi, Russia. Oh Which gosh. actually, it's funny because I was like telling my story and giving a little speech to a bunch of fifth graders the other day. And I was trying to get them to respond with like, what they thought the temperature in Russia was. But oh. I said, when you guys think of Russia, what do you think? Oh, no. Very quickly realized that this not the time right now <laughs> to ask that question. Yeah. I got a lot of thumbs down. And yeah. it was, I was like, no, 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 the temperature. Yeah. Anyway, um, favorite memories. Gosh, it, it's so funny because my, my absolute favorite memory happened before we even got there. Um, I... We, it was very much like Miracle. Like they took 25 of us. We had to be down to 21 by January 1st when they were announcing it to the world. And a few days before Christmas, we were actually playing at University of North Dakota against Canada. A fight did break out there. (laughs) 
Um, again, I was not in not it, a <laughs> not a part of it. Nope. So we get back to the hotel after that and everybody was leaving the next day to go home for, for the holidays. And I, we get back to the hotel and realize that a couple of our teammates aren't there. No. And we're like, Oh my gosh, this is it. And our coaches come in and they read the roster, the, the roster. My name was on it. And they said, this is the 2014 Olympic team. So the first thing I did was, you know, I went back up to my room and I think I like, you know, talked to myself in the mirror, <laughs> but then I called my brother and Wes is about two and a half years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So he would have been like 18 at the time. So I call Wes. I was like, Wes, I made the team. Don't tell mom and dad. <laughs> and he's like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't tell mom and dad. Because in my family on Christmas Eve, we always do some sort of performance. Yeah, you, you can do a song, a dance, a poem, a skit, whatever you want. Like since before I was born, this has been a tradition. So I was like, I want to tell him in a, I want to tell him on Christmas Eve in a skit. So I get home, and my poor mother, like my family's booked rooms, travel, everything. So my mom is like, yeah. So I, you know, I thought they would have announced it by now. Like, oh, what do you, what do you, what do you think is going on? And I was like, ah, it's, I don't know, mom, because we had one more game before yep. New Year's Day. I was like, they probably just want to watch the defense. I think I'm fine. Like, I was just lying through my teeth. <laughs> so we get to Christmas Eve. And we get out there. My brother's got like this, you know, sack over his shoulder pretending to be Santa. And I was like, oh, Santa, do you have something for me? He goes, yeah. So I pull it out and it's this poster. And I look at it. And then I look at the other side and I say, this is two team fry. I said, this, that's all of them. I go, can I give it to them? He says, yeah. And I reach over and play the like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I turn it around and it said, we did it with the Olympic oh rings. Oh my God. It was, Chills. Oh, my mom, I'll never forget. She was like sitting right where you are, Craig. And she's like, how do you know that? And then my like, you know, little four foot grandma in the back is like, <laughs> it, there's a video I'll have to show you guys someday. It's awesome. Oh my but, uh, God. That, I mean, I tell story. people that all the time. Awesome. Like, truly, that moment right there was the highlight of my entire Olympic experience because a little girl from the desert of Arizona, especially yeah. at that time, was never supposed to make yeah. an Olympic ice from hockey Arizona. team. And, and it was because of the people in that room that day that it that's happened. Phenomenal. So, yeah, mm. that's wow. my favorite. And the second best day is the day you got the swag bag. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, we got those in Germany. Flew to Germany, got a Nothing swag bag. Nothing better than the red, white, and blue. Sorry, red, white, and black. But the red, white, and blue is fire. Yeah, I don't care anything. It says USA on it. I'm in. You got yeah. those. Uh, we got the really like funky Ralph Lauren. <sighs> it was a Ralph Lauren right year. Yeah, That's the opening oh, ceremonies. Yeah. Buddy. I, we didn't even I know get to wear them. We didn't walk openings. Oh, because you had to play. Yeah, we played the next day. So it's 120. I'd be rocking that shit down Mill Avenue right now. Guarantee oh, yeah. it. My Ralph Lauren, I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. 120 leaking. You can, you can borrow mine. Got the long coat going. Probably yeah, still smells like Russia. I was on the Olympic <laughs> team, by the way. For sure. I'm on the Olympic oh team, just in case. That's a, well, that's we'll see you at the game. Can't story. wait for yeah. Wednesday. But you did closing ceremonies, right? We did closing, although that was like a little, you know. Oh, you want to go home? That's a little tough. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it was. Don't get me wrong. It was. It was incredible, and yeah. I will cherish that moment forever. It is a little hard when yes. you know you're salty and you. Yeah. You, it, it's so hard winning Second. a silver medal. You have to lose a game to win a silver medal. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. not many people can say they have an Olympic exactly. medal. So. Craig, exactly. No. That's unbelievable. Did you bring your medal? 
Yeah, it's over there. It's in a really. We'll get, we'll tweet it out. Can we Just tweet it out? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll box. Okay. Yeah, well, you guys are gonna do that, so. Yeah, well, we, we, we can, can get it. it. Yeah, why don't we get it? Um, and I'll tell everybody about Arizona's family sports. Yeah, we can go get the get the medal. Um, so Arizona's family sports is the home for the Phoenix Suns this season. Their games have been awesome so far on the network, um, and they take awesome, on. Though? Well, not the the game itself. The game has not itself, been awesome. but the the production. Gotcha. Great. Just check. Um, so we got the Bulls game this Wednesday on Arizona Family Sports, and you can check it out on Channel Three, Three Point Five, Forty Four. If you have an antenna, if you have cable, you can watch it wherever you live in Arizona. You can visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games for listing information for your area. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find. Phoenix Suns games on Arizona Family Sports. We're also super excited about... I, I don't know about you, but oh, I feel... You feel good? I feel good. I feel good too, PD. I feel good about you our partner. You should do you. <laughs> River oh, Resorts and Casinos. <laughs> um, and we'll be out there this weekend for uh, the PHNX Cardinals home oh, yeah. game watch party. Home game watch parties are out. By the way, like... Wild Horse Pass. Yeah, so Jacob was out there at the last one. They yeah. have... It's like a bay, a golf. What's it called? The top golf, like golfing bays, but it's all like digital. Swing suite. That's what it's called. But it's all digital. Yeah, it's all digital. So I don't have to walk. Yep, you don't have to be Perfect. outside. Pretty cool. Sign me up. Um, and they, you know, of course, Hill River Resorts and Casinos. Um, they just a great place to go there. They have locations all over the valley. Check them out. And PD, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. You do you. You do you. At Gila yeah. River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playathila.com for more details. <laughs> All right. We can go back. Time. Actually, let's go on Lindsay Cam because we got yeah, the medal. Please. Oh, look at Ricky D's, by the way. That's really No, nice. what is this? Is it Rick DuPont? Yeah. This is unreal. <laughs> look at the size of that That's... thing, first of all. Like, I picked up the box, it's heavy. You guys should feel the weight of this thing. That is phenomenal. Oh my god, that is way <laughs> Listen, heavier than I thought. The Russians made it. <laughs> they were really trying to go big. They that wow. is phenomenal. If you guys remember, Sochi was like it was a question mark of whether the venues was, were even going to be built in time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah wasn't it, wasn't the weather untraditionally warm at the time? Fabulous! Too? It was like Fantastic. sixty degrees and sunny. Jimmy O'Neill's going there. Was to, yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. Awesome! It was like right on the Black Sea. That's actually why they look like this. So. Fun it's little history really lesson. Cool. This this glass piece here. So this is this is supposed to represent the Black Sea. Okay. But what was so interesting about Sochi is you looked out one direction, you saw the Black Sea, you turned around, and off in the distance you see these big, beautiful white mountains, and that's what the, the mm. oh, that's really cool. This part's supposed uh, to represent. How long were so you there? Like Three a month. Weeks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were there about a month. Wow. It's so funny. You really want to have a show about the Olympics? Have my family on the show. Yeah. Oh, because they there they went. There and was oh. there was my experience, and, and then there was my family's experience, as... which included living on a cruise ship oh, yeah. for a month. No hotels. Uh, yeah, the hotels were question mark. They were going to be built. Uh, they rode foldable bikes around everywhere. <laughs> they they interacted with the Sochi stray dogs. Yeah. Um, right. Oh yeah. Derek Stepan brought one home. Yeah. yeah they they were all kind. Of, they had wow. a time. I mean, we we need to have that Olympic show. What was it like living in the Olympic Village? Honestly, it was awesome. I, there, you know, there was a, a lot of bad press going around because the media's um, accommodations apparently were not great. Oh. Ours were fine. Um, everything did smell like glue, though, and there were like some <laughs> it's just screws. Built. Oh, yeah, it was oh, like that's right. they, they just they finished. No doorknobs. But no, one yeah. of the things I thought was funny was they uh, – there, it was like shaped like a U. So there was all the dorms here. And then on the other side of the U was like the rec room and mm -hmm. the dining hall and all that. Well, in between, when they had been showing us what to expect, 
the the original plans were it was supposed to be like this beautiful bird sanctuary. It was a swamp. They didn't mm, finish the didn't bird finish. sanctuary. Oh. So we would literally walk. It was like this little pathway across the U and then just like <laughs> swamp on either I'm talking. It's like the Lord of the Rings, the oh, dead literally. marshes. <laughs> it was wild. And I'm like, yeah, wow. that 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 did not make the cut on the priority list. Oh but, my uh, That's incredible. I, I can't even imagine. We're, we're all so proud of you. Thank you. As Thank and, you. And, so cool. and American. Well, as Americans, we're proud. I'm a dual citizen. Okay, well then you can be proud. Half of her. Yeah, half proud of her. Yeah, yeah you can half be half proud. I'll take it. I've also there's a picture of me as a little girl wearing a silver medal on my. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I think it was a figure skating one. Yeah. So I'll have That's to unreal. dig that up and tweet it later. It's just unreal. Yeah, Thank it's you. so cool. That's well, so I, I will also. I just got to throw this in before that the Sochi Olympics is also the first time the men's curling team won a medal, and that was the team from. Oh. Bemidji, Minnesota. <laughs> Way to go, Pete Fenson, uh, bringing home the bronze medal from the Sochi Olympics in oh, men's curling. I have a story about that. I don't the know how much time we have. Oh, yeah. The men's curlers? Well, okay. It's a curling okay. story. Did you guys go Here to the go. curling? If you're friends with... No, I didn't get to go to any Yeah, I went to high school events. with Pete. Okay. I was on his curling team was in he juniors. The captain? He was. He was a skip. Oh, then you're really going to appreciate this. Yeah. He's <laughs> so. the skip. Now he's the voice of NBC Olympics curling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, we, no, Pete. No, it's not bad. I just. So I'm sure he's listening. We're, up in sitting in the, we're sitting in like, you know, the main area of yeah. the dorms, just kind of the common room. And I'm chit-chatting with some people and chit-chatting with this guy and. You know, I'm like, I have no idea really who he is. Sure. He doesn't really know who I am. And we're just talking about nothing. And um, I'm thinking like, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't really look like, like an athlete. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, yeah. he, I'm like, oh, he must be a doctor or a trainer <laughs> or whatever. No. <laughs> and it took me till the end of the conversation no. to realize that he was, he the, was the of the curling. captain of the curling team. And I was like, wow, Pete. I'm... <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, when, now that I know you know him, send I, him my love and tell is, him I am sincerely I do, I will sorry say, for doubting him. He who's got the gym in his house. He's fit. He's a fit guy, but he's a little bit older than they were. That's older. the thing. It was, was like older. it wasn't like he wasn't. No, he, it's he's just older. He's not like big, no. bulky, whatever. Nope. It was like, huh? You I look like you could be a trainer. Had, they had good fit though. They had their drip for curlers. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, the American curlers that year, the drip was fire because they had the quarter zips. Buddy, go back to the quarter zips. I'll tell Pete, I'll send this to Pete after. That's oh, right. No, okay. Please don't. Edit. <laughs> okay. Edit. Oh, my gosh. No, Pete, go go eat Dave's Pizza, and you can see Olympic Curler in Bemidji, Minnesota, on Urban and 15th. Pete's. <laughs> yeah. It's well, called Dave's Pizza, but he's Pete, and he oh owns it. Lord. All right. There. So I got going back in. around? Coming back around. I, I'm not even sure how to segue out of that. I, uh, I don't know if you need to. Let's go to the game. Well, I want to I want to bring up one other thing here. Okay, the rivalry series isn't the only upcoming event for the Kachinas. Um, we know that Matt Schott was oh. instrumental yep. helping the Kachinas. A lot of us were were friends with Matt, yep. and we miss him terribly. Tell us about the Matt Schott Memorial Term that's coming up really soon, right? Yeah, November this 10th weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Um, yeah, so you know, for people that maybe don't know Matt, uh, he was our our co-founder, longtime lead of our entire hockey development department for uh, the Coyotes. And you know, if you go to any rink in town now, you'll see Shot ninety four hanging on a banner there. That's how important he was to this this hockey community. Um, we've wanted to do a tournament for a long time. He wanted to do a tournament for a long time, and it's it's really hard, as as you guys might know, to start something new like that because people want if they're going to spend their money to mm -hmm. go to a tournament and fly somewhere they want it to be reputable 
Um, and this year it just, it was just kind of the right time to be able to, uh, brand it that way. I think that helped bring in a lot of people when they were like, this is for Matt. Cause he had that type of impact. Mm -hmm. It was, it was national. And when people saw, Oh, this is the Matt shot classic we want in. Um, so anyway, it's, we're really excited about it. We've got, I think five different divisions that are going to play like 25 to 30 teams are going to be in town, Fantastic! which is, yeah, incredible. We're going to be playing at, I think Gilbert Mason, Arcadia. Um, one day, you know, I'd love for it to be as big as the, the, uh, president's day tournament where we're kind of taking over all the the rings for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. His mom's flying in on Sunday, so she's gonna, she's going to be here for that. And I just, there are so many things that you, you want to do to remember Matt. And I, these are the things he actually would care about, yeah, you yeah, know, there's yeah. like, I've got some flowers that are still hanging on from when he passed at my house. He, the, that he doesn't care about, but <laughs> a, a tournament in yeah. his name, he's, he's, he's yeah, fist pumping up. for that. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be great. I, and I, it's all I, girls. And, and when you look at Matt, the, the one thing I, I mean, if he could see what this program has become now, oh. uh, I, this is what he wanted it to be. And he worked so tirelessly and it wasn't for the money. It wasn't for the notoriety. It was to get more kids to play hockey. Yep. And it, he, he fought that battle to tell the day he died. He L- really did. Literally. Yeah. Like when I say it was his dying wish, I was in hospice with him. And he's sitting there talking to me about the tier one application. <laughs> I'm like, I had to be like, Maddie, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I like, I promise I will not let you down. And, but yeah, he just, that's, that's what he wanted to keep talking about. Lindsay, is there somewhere that people, if, if anybody wants to go see some of those games that they can look online somewhere to find out when those games are, the schedule is, or um, could you get us that? And we'll make sure we tweet it out before the end. Of the, yeah. Before the so we're, we've partnered with a group called rush hockey. That's okay. actually going to manage the tournament. So it'll definitely be on their website. Um, if you want to come watch Kachina's game yes. specifically, those you can find on our Arizona Kachina's.com website. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be rock. That's awesome. Support the local teams. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, one more question. You talked about kind of what your and Matt's vision was when you set out to start the Kachinas and all the things you've achieved. So now that you know you're at this point in 2023 and we've seen everything you achieve, what's kind of the next thing? What is like when you look five years from now you want to accomplish with the Kachina program? Gosh, <laughs> uh, well, more ice definitely plays a, a role yeah. in that answer, but. Um, I, I think, I think it's almost a good thing. Like I'm really trying to spin the capacity issues as a positive because, you know, for so many years it's been grow, grow, grow. Now I think it can really be, okay, let's get like really in the trenches with the experience. How do we make this even better for the girls that are already here? What, what can we add? Okay. We added a tournament. Awesome. We have girls playing in more local and regional leagues. Awesome. Um, we've got the Layton fund, which helps mm-hmm. provide yeah. financial assistance to families. I, I think we it's, rivalry series. we got the rivalry <laughs> series coming. Um, yeah. we, I think it's really just, how do we now, we're never forgetting about growth. Like I said, we want to see it grow within the house leagues, but how are we now improving the talent, the experience, the development with the kids that are here so that moving forward, there's not a single kid in the state of Arizona that wants to leave to play elsewhere mm-hmm. because they know that 
the grass is not greener anywhere else because they have the absolute best hockey experience in the country right here in Arizona. Fantastic. That's that's what I want. Yeah, I think I think it's possible too, based on everything we've seen. Um, well, before we wrap up here, I just want to remind everybody to uh, check out BetMGM. If you haven't downloaded the BetMGM app yet, you can sign up with the bonus code PHNX and place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the BetMGM sportsbook mobile application of at least ten dollars to receive two hundred dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. If you want to throw a little money on the Yotes game tomorrow night against the Kraken or whatever it is you want to bet on, you can. Check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. So once a month, we have a PHNX staff meeting, yes. and we're really excited because our meeting tomorrow is at a very it's, cool it's a, Well, I, the putting world can't wait, first of all, because I don't have to walk very far inside. Like if we had to go real golf, I, no. <laughs> so it's less, go- it's inside. So that's checkbox number two. And number three, it's close to my house. <laughs> and they serve beer. It, it checks literally every box. At they have a world. bar and they have food. Can't wait. Just want to remind world. you that there's a game tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah, HK about the game. I'm going to Putting World. <laughs> That's the only game that matters. And Saul will be there. You didn't have to worry about it. Saul, Saul, Saul's going to be there. Saul, you're on my team, right? Well, you want Saul on your team, but yes. he competes at it. Like dodgeball, people are getting hurt with Saul. Like he's like he's, <laughs> he's fired up. Pickleball? Buddy. Oh, my God. Saul um, in this Putting World. I don't know what he's well, going to do. What's Full cool, contact, what's cool about Putting World? What is? Is It's good for beginners and it's good for experts. Sometimes you Neither just... Neither of those. And... You're, what do you mean? What are you? I don't know. Intermediate. Great for intermediate. Perfect. There you go. Um, If you've never been to Putting World in Scottsdale, check it out. You can go to puttingworld.com and be on the lookout for a PHNX and Putting World event coming soon. So really looking forward to that. Um, And of course, we uh, invite you all to become a diehard over at gophnx.com. Craig's prospect report later in the week. Yep. Story um, on the rivalry series tomorrow. Yes. And a feature on Miko Matika, Coyotes prospect. Oh, will yeah. be coming here this weekend. This weekend. There's a lot of good Denver. hockey oh, stuff. Oh, the Denver. Yeah, the There's Denver. There's a lot is of huge. great opportunities huge to watch this hockey this week. Wow. Huge series. Um, great for, week. Great week for we hockey. Talk to Greg Powers. Oh. In fact, he's going to be on the show on Wednesday. So <laughs> yeah, teed that up for you, Craig? Putting good golf. stuff. Good nice. stuff. Uh, we'll become a diehard today and join the family. Join our Discord. Get twenty percent off merchant events. Um, it's a great time to become a diehard, and it makes me really happy to see a lot of our diehards going to the rivalry series game Wednesday. I've had diehards DM me on Twitter, like, "Where do you think the best seats are?" Um, so we know we have awesome. a lot of people going uh, behind Canadian the Canadian goal. Yeah, <laughs> because that's where you see the most goals scored. <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. All right. Well, that's it from us today. Lindsay, thank you so much for stopping by. So great to catch up with you. As always, it felt overdue. So we're happy to to have you in. And everybody here in our chat watching live or listening on audio or watching the the playback, we appreciate you. Give us a thumbs up on the video. And if you're listening on audio, hit the five-star button and uh, give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. We'd appreciate it. Follow the show at phnx underscore coyotes on Twitter. We're uh, so close. So close to 6,000 followers, 23 followers away right now. So So do that. And uh, we'll be back live tomorrow for our post-game show after the Coyotes take on Seattle Kraken. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everyone. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.